Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 64 of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch, and I'm with Jake Slobodnik. Jake, it's been a little while. How you been? I've been okay, man. How about you? Pretty good. If you can hear the birds chirping, I'm out here on the porch doing the pod. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful Pirates series win over the Dodgers. How you been? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been back and forth, um, just like you, enjoying this nice weather. Uh, started a new, a new job recently. Uh, that's going pretty well back in the broadcasting gig full time. Uh, that's kind of like why, what caused our delay. I was in transitioning jobs, haven't found the time to get back to the, the podcasting scene. But we got it all settled in, and now we're back on the pod. And beautiful day for the weather, beautiful day for the Pirates. Los Angeles Frogers lose to a team with a sub sixty yeah. million dollar a year payroll. Oh my God, I'm I'm in, I'm loving today. It's great, and also yeah, congratulations, man, on the new gig. Hopefully, it uh, works out pretty nice. Thanks, man. For those listening, you can tune in to Indiana County Radio News Talk one hundred one point one FM every morning and afternoon. And you can also tune into Cat Country one hundred six point three in Blairsville every afternoon from three to seven. That's where you can catch me. We love the shameless plugs here on the podcast. That's great. Yeah, oh, yeah. Pirates. Um, two to three against the Dodgers. The Pirates are now thirteen and seventeen on the season. They're hanging around, being just a. They're an average bad team at the moment. They're not quite embarrassingly as bad. They're not in the Reds territory, even though we didn't really get to talk about the red series loss. I guess we really don't have to that much. We could focus on the good, but yeah, taking two out of three against the Los Angeles Dodgers, the huge favorite pretty much to win the world series this season. Uh, the evil empire, the, you know, they're basically the modern day Yankees of past, even though the Yankees are still the Yankees, but the Dodgers are kind of, a tier above the Yankees in terms of being great and spending a ton of money, but uh, pretty awesome to see the pirates able to take two out of three against that team, especially two when they had lost 16 straight against the Dodgers before the series even began. And so what they lost 11 to one in between the two wins we don't care about Pythagorean record here on Talk the Plank. We care about wins. And the Pirates, although being outscored in the series as a whole, were able to win the series. 
What are what are your initial thoughts on the series? Who really jumped out to you? Jack Sawinski definitely stepped out to me. Um, his bat, I think, was more alive this series than it was in series pasts. Um, today, two major home or two major hits, a home run, and I believe a double. Yes, a double off former Buck Daniel Hudson. Uh, some things never change is another thing I learned. Uh, Daniel Hudson, who's been pretty good for the Dodgers and other teams over the past few years, still continues to give up runs in PNC Park. Almost. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was going to tweet that out, but I feel like the Dodgers fans have suffered enough. Um, no, they haven't. No, they haven't. <laughs> they can suffer more. But um, another thing I learned, Dylan Peters, still the same. It's still on fire on the mound. I don't know where this guy kicked it into second gear, but it, it just continues to amaze me. No matter where you put him in a long relief role, in a uh, starter role, he, he just impresses. Right now his ERA is at 183, started, pitched three beautiful innings, didn't give up a walk, allowed just two hits. Max Kranich almost replicated that in his first game back from being recalled. Three innings, two hits, no earned runs. Did surrender a walk, but struck out one as well. So all in all, a good day at the office for those two. David Bednar, I'm so happy Derek Shelton did not take him out after that eighth inning. I really, I, I really thought he was going to get taken out because Derek Shelton is Derek Shelton. Um, let's see what else did I learn. Daniel Vogelback, best job ever. A thing of the past and a bat, well, I don't even know to call it bat rest, is now the thing. Uh, but I'm a huge Vogelback guy, always have been. I tweeted out, and I think you and I had some banner on Twitter about Daniel Vogelback being the sneakiest free agent signing of the of the Charrington era. I still stand by that. I know you named a few notable names, but I still stand by Vogelback being the best free agent signing of the Charrington era. Yeah, no, I agree with that as of right now. I mean, I kind of joke with you that there's really like five or six total options that you could choose from. But uh, Vogelback has been – he's been the main driver of offense uh, in this first month of the season, especially when you look at Brian Reynolds uh, struggling. He's, he's been hotter as of late, but today struck out three more times. He did draw a walk, but Brian Reynolds has not been Brian Reynolds yet. Uh, Hayes has been pretty solid, but Hayes still looking for his first home run. Uh, he's getting on base, and he's hitting a few extra base hits, but mostly just a singles hitter at this point. Chavis has had his moments, but, yeah, consistently power-wise, Vogelbach has been hes been the guy. Fifth home run of the year. He's on a pace right now where maybe 25 to 30 home runs we'll see. Um, he has been a really solid pickup for the Pirates, DHing exclusively, so he gets to focus on just – his approach at the plate, which his approach at the plate really is solid. Um, you know, he doesn't swing a lot early in the counts. He waits for his pitch. But even so, if he gets behind in the counts, there's a lot of times where he'll look at two pitches, 0-1, 0-2. He's down 0-2. I don't really get worried in those situations because he continues to fight. He doesn't swing at balls. He gets back in the count and he puts together a pretty solid at bat. So, yeah, he's been really good for the Pirates, and um, I've been impressed with what I've seen from him. And I hate to say it, you know, it's happy times right now, but Vogelbach could probably be a nice little trade asset at the deadline if things get really bad for the Pirates here. They don't really plan on contending this season, so maybe you flip him 
But uh, as of right now, it is just fun to enjoy his home run hitting ability. And finally, finally, we get a Pirates game in which home runs win the game. That's that's the key. Uh, power is desperately needed. Hopefully, Swinski, as you mentioned, two home runs in the series, his first career, two career home runs. Maybe he could be a guy that you know, provide some pop and Josh Van Meter as well. Shout out to him. He does. I hate to say it. He does have some occasional home run power um, on the year. I mean, on the year he's, he bumped his slugging up to 367 after this game. So that's probably up there on the list of pirates slugging percentages. So a nice game from him, even though he had the terrible error there that cost the pirates some runs, but Home runs are the story of the game today, and you just love to see that. Yeah, especially for a team that sort of lacks in the home run department, ranking near the bottom, I think, maybe under the top 20. Um, That's what you like to see, and especially the production, not just from your typical home run hitters like Vogelbach, um, you know, Van Meter pitching in. We can harp on his error at second base all day, but you got to give credit where credit's due. The guy had two hits. He had a triple and a home run. The home run helped so much. Um today was a really good day for him and there have been a lot of naysayers myself included on van meter but without him today we probably would have lost and i bet any money if you ask every pirate fan what were your thoughts when you saw van meter in the starting lineup before the game everybody would say you know you would have told you in the moment the pirates were going to lose van meter is going to go over possibly a hit but a weak single but um today was a good day for him vogelback sawinski Again, just production from all around the lineup, and I think that's we just need more of that going forward. We can't we can't rely on the one through four guys who we've been relying on to get some production going. We need to rely. We need to get everybody on the same page in terms of one through nine. Um, Chavis has done it a few times. Uh, Hayes, we talk about him not having much, you know, ha- not having any home runs this season. But as a Baseball fan, I will take a guy with a 320 average and an 810 OPS who gets on base the majority of the time than a guy who swings for the fences every time and sucks. And, you know, I people will always say that, you know, I wish Key Brian would have a home run or two at this point. I would too, but I also trade, you know, I, I, it's, it's an opportunity cost. Hayes isn't hitting home runs, but he's getting on base. He's driving in runs. He's finding ways to make some run production for the pirates that isn't putting one over the fence. And I like that. I think we need more of that. Another unsung hero. I think of this, this series, Ben Gamble. Yeah. Uh, I think coming into the series, he was hitting what two twenty, and now he's up two ninety. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty epic. If you ask me, uh, especially for a guy who everyone thought was washed and is more of a quadruple a player. I mean, Gamble was on fire, not just this series. I think he was, he was also productive with the red series too, but we don't, we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, this was an all around uh, good game for the pirates. Pitching came together, hitting came together. Shelton didn't overmanage anything. It was, it was a quality win, something we haven't seen in a hot minute. I will say though, Chris Stratton, he's starting to scare me a little bit. Yeah. Um, Quickly, though, on Hayes and Gamble. Gamble, yeah, he has been awesome. And um, 290-371-441 in today's, you know, dead ball environment that we're seeing more and more of, that will definitely play. And Hayes, yeah, we mentioned no home runs, but he still leads the team in WRC+. Plus. Before today's game, it was at 150. So Hayes is, he is 100% fine. 
plus he is providing the defense. I think it's easy to say right now that Hayes is this team's best player. I would even put him above Reynolds, who I still think Reynolds is going to figure it out, and he is really solid. But I think Hayes just has more star potential long-term than that of Reynolds. And, uh, yeah, going back to Chris Stratton, you know, I was actually really surprised because I'm looking at the Fangraphs list of Pirates pitchers, and it probably has changed now. But before today's game, Chris Stratton has the highest F war among Pirates pitchers at 0.4. And then you have some 0.3s with Bednar, Quintana, Bryce Wilson is in there, as is Will Crow. That surprises me. I know, like, blind reaction, I tweeted out. I'm like, yeah, he looks cooked. And today he was really bad. Um, Gave up two earned runs, three runs total, two walks. That'll kill you in that hit. Obviously, the bases clearing um, double. The ERA is up to 6.17. But once again, before today, I don't know how, but his XERA was 183, his FIP 169, the XFIP 331. I guess he hasn't really been walking a lot of guys before um, this game. And one thing I'm looking at it too, he's really been getting BAPIPed to death. Uh, His BAPIP against, I guess, is 410. So that is not sustainable at all. I think with Stratton, watching the game 100%, I'm with you. I was ready to just say, you know what, I'm done with him. He's been really terrible. But after looking it up now, I think he has been pretty unlucky. And I'm willing to extend the leash on giving him opportunities. Maybe not late inning opportunities right now. I think right now, Bednar's your clear-cut closer and probably Crow is your main setup guy, maybe your seventh and eighth inning, two inning guy to get you to the ninth. But maybe for a little while, we let Chris Stratton get more of a middle relief type of role and see where he goes from there. But he has been unlucky. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah. I'm not saying he's bad by any means. I'm just saying maybe keep him on your radar, uh, how well he's doing. I don't want, this shouldn't come as a surprise if he starts really tanking, but considering he's doing it this early in the season, who knows, maybe he'll turn it around by the all-star break, but Chris Stratton just hasn't really been passing my eye test lately, but exactly. I think I agree. Maybe a middle inning guy, maybe possibly a mop up rule guy. Um, And especially with the way some of the members in our bullpen who really haven't been given a fair, a fair shake, like Anthony Bonda, he's looked pretty good. Um, Yeah. um, And then you're going to have, Probably Dwayne Underwood coming back. I wouldn't have high hopes for him, but you have him. Chase DeYoung's looks impressive. Bo Salser, for what it's worth, and I know he was demoted, looked pretty good. Cam Aldridge, if he succeeds. See, like the message that I'm trying to get across here is there are probably better options for late inning, uh, high leverage situations than, say, Chris Stratton. Um, and I'm sure Derek Shelton's going to mix and match here in the next series since we're back with the Reds. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just Stratton coming in and just. It, it seems like it seemed like that for a while with Stratton that he's been sort of going downhill, just maybe not to the extent of today, but like you could tell either his commands off or uh, he's, you know, maybe it's just not the right pitch selection. Who knows? But to me, Chris Stratton is little is starting to scare me a little bit, but you mm-hmm. know, he turns around. I will say though, 
I'm looking up the up and down fan graphs right now, this Pirates roster. It is so refreshing to see so many positive wars, even if it's just a point one or something. It is yeah. so, so refreshing. Yeah, I agree. And I'll tell you what, too. Looking at this pitching staff, um, starter-wise, Quintana has been solid. He's been a little bit lucky, but he's been solid. Uh, Mitch Keller, unlucky, needs to be better, but... You know, looking at it once again, ERA 611, XERA 313. So, you know, he's not going to be this bad, I guess. Same thing with JT Brubaker. ERA 568, not a good figure. XERA 348. So I think, I think better, I think the best is yet to come from the pitching staff wise. Also, we need to get Roanzi Contreras in the big leagues. Please. Like, my goodness, and just let him start every fifth day. Like, this isn't that hard. I get it. You want the extra year of control. You want to control the Super 2, blah, 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 blah. Spend money. Let him have his extra RB year. I don't care. He needs to be up in the big leagues right now because if you look at it, a starting rotation of Contreras, Brubaker, Keller, Quintana with maybe a piggyback game with Peters and Bryce Wilson, that's not – it's not that terrible. It's not good. It's not good. It's probably not average, but it's not that terrible. It's better than and, right now. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, the bullpen, too, is, is you know, I thought the bullpen was better, but it's it's decent. It's decent enough for sure. And I think the offense will continue to pick up. Um, Reynolds has nowhere to go but up. Gamble. Continues to be solid. Hayes is solid. Vogelbach, solid. Let me ask you this. In the uh, middle infield situation, basically, we get you get your choice of, I guess, Chavis. I'd, I would rather see Chavis be the everyday first baseman with Yoshi coming off the bench. But out of the guys, out of Josh Van Meter, Cole Tucker, Diego Castillo, how would you rank those three? Chavis, Tucker, and Castillo. I would say um, – And Van Meter. Well, okay. So I would probably rank – Chavis is my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his offense is – it clearly supersedes all uh, all three of the other ones. Maybe comes closer to Castillo, but um, Castillo is my number two. Um, his defense is fun to watch. His, he can come through in the clutch most of the time. Um Josh Van Meter, I'll give him a little bit more credit just because he does put the ball in play a lot more than Cole Tucker does. He's actually um, done something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's produced. Cole Tucker, yeah, yeah. great hair, great girlfriend, but terrible baseball player. I, I would rank him at the bottom of my list, and I would not be too upset if we got rid of Cole Tucker tomorrow. So that's probably how I would list them, but Castillo would top my list if we don't count Chavis and we count him more as a first baseman. Yeah, I agree. I would say – that's my list of those four. And like you said, there's no reason why Cole Tucker should be on this baseball team. Um, he's just been pitiful would be, that would probably be a compliment to how he's played this season. He's been that bad, especially too. When you look down in AAA, and there are options, I, I definitely want to focus a little bit on the minor leagues here in a little bit, but at AAA right now, you have Rodolfo Castro, who has an OPS of 799. 
you have O'Neill Cruz, who I get is struggling, and you want him to kind of heat up, but he has been heating up as of late. Obviously, he will be called up probably in about a month. You have Jiwon Bay, 788 OPS. He's an option. Um, there's just so many. Even Hoy Park. Even Hoy Park, who got sent down. I'd rather see Hoy Park than Cole Tucker at this point. And that's pretty pathetic when I can name four options in the minor leagues that I would rather have than the actual option itself in the major leagues. It's just, I don't, I don't know what we're waiting for. And we, I guess we could talk a little bit about the news that breaking news, Cole Tucker is not a switch hitter anymore. He's, he is now just left-handed only. And I guess when you're that bad of a hitter both ways, you should maybe give up one side and focus on the other side. And I guess that's what's happening with Cole Tucker now. But Cole Tucker, no longer a switch hitter. Do you have any thoughts on that? Hmm. No longer a switch hitter, but still a terrible hitter. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. (laughs) I don't – and he went on to say, I'm tired of getting the bat shoved up my rear end on the right side. Cole, buddy, it's happening on both sides. You're right. taking both of those ends of the bats and putting them up your rear end. They, it, you're not a good hitter. So going to left-handed full-time, that's actually more of a disadvantage to you because now you don't have that advantage of batting right side against left-handed pitchers. I don't know where this is a good idea for Cole Tucker. I mean, he does look more fluid when he swings the bat on the left side, but, oh God, the fact that people think this is going to fix Cole Tucker, and the more majority of people, it's from within the organization, think that's going to fix his problems. That's not that is not Cole Tucker is not a good baseball player. I love the dude. He is he is a very charming individual, very kind individual, and I'm sure he would give his left you know his left leg if he had to. But the dude sucks at baseball. Nothing you do will improve will will change my opinion on him. I was optimistic out of coming out of last year, but now I'm I'm not so optimistic on him. So I. Whether he bats from left side, right side, stands directly on the plate and tomahawks the damn thing, he's still going to be a terrible hitter one way or another. So uh, take that as you will. I don't have high hopes for Cole Tucker, even if he does change his game like he does. Yeah, you know what's crazy, too, is he ranks ninth on the Pirates in plate appearances. He has 68 plate appearances this season. WRC plus of 11. Still has not drawn a walk, not one single walk in 63 plate appearances. And he's gotten more plate appearances than the likes of Jake Riznick, who sadly will be out a while with a thumb injury. He's gotten more plate appearances than Kevin Newman, also injured. But he's gotten more plate appearances than Josh Van Meter, who I can't believe I'm out here defending Josh Van Meter, but... After today's game, his stats look a whole lot better than Cole Tucker. Um, It's just, it's crazy. The fact that Cole Tucker has just 17 less plate appearances than someone like Michael Chavis is just mind boggling to me. I don't, I don't know. Like how much longer do you think this is going to last? Cause it can't, there's no reason. There's no way at all. There's there's no way Cole Tucker will be on this roster by season's end without, you know, headed to the minors at least one time. Who knows? Maybe he gets sent down. Maybe he figures some things out. Maybe I win a million dollars on a scratch off lottery ticket. But I mean, I, how how much longer do you think he's going to be up here? It can't be much longer. Like you said, this guy, he hasn't shown any reason why he should be in the major leagues. 
I mean, his, as you said, 60-something plate appearances, no walks, plenty of strikeouts to go. I don't think he's really made much contact, if I'm even thinking correctly. I think he's struck out the majority of the time. Um, it's got to – I would say within the next few weeks <clears throat> – excuse me, within the next few weeks when O'Neill Cruz, when and if he starts heating up, I think that's when we're going to see a big move where Cruz gets up and Cole Tucker gets sent down. Even if he does figure out some things, I think this should be the end of the Cole Tucker experiment. He's been up since 2018, I think. Um, I, I, yeah, if, he's been up and down since – I think 2019, actually, he made his debut. Yeah, I think you're right. But regardless – the time, his time is almost up. I actually, it should be up. I don't think that it's going to be too much longer before Cole Tucker is uh, <clears throat> is designated for an ass, for assignment. <clears throat> oh God, I'm allergic. Yeah. I'm allergic to Cole Tucker. I, <laughs> oh my God, I I know. <clears throat> but yeah, I I don't think his time. I don't think he's going to spend much more time in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I guess with that we could quit talking about him finally, but uh it, it it is just crazy to see. Looking at some of the roster moves lately, the Pirates have had a, a decent amount of injuries lately. Uh losing Roberto Perez really that's that's that sucks. Straight up. Looks like it's going to be pretty serious. He was placed on the 10-day injured list with a left hamstring strain. That sucks not only because he's awesome at defense and can hit, like, maybe not a lot, but he can hit a little bit. Him working with the pitchers, I feel like, was a pretty valuable asset to the team. So, I honestly, the way that injury looked, I'm not sure if we're going to really see him at all again this year. I know there was a report today, we're recording this on Wednesday, that there will be more information soon but uh, Perez will be out for at least a few months and called up in his uh, absence is our old friend, Michael Perez, the other Perez, which first two games for Michael, he hit two home runs. So take that as you will. But uh, at least we got some early pop from Michael Perez. Yeah, but that just leaves a big gap, though, for or a big question mark, I should say, behind home plate, because you surely can't hand the standing starting job to Michael Perez, who sucked all year last year. <laughs> and then Andrew Knapp, who was literally signed uh, for whatever reason, probably because Jamie Ritchie was hurt and Taylor Davis is not a good catcher. Um, yeah. Do they go out and sign a new catcher? Because I, I tried looking over the free agent tracker and I think the only, the, the youngest catcher still out there is like 33, 34. And for a catcher, that's the equivalent to a guy nearing his forties. Um, I, I don't know what they do about this. Do you think they're going to fast track Davis to the show and in, in the latter part of the season, try to get him ready or no, <laughs> I would, I, I would hope not. I would hope. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind that from an, from an excitement standpoint, hell bring up Davis tomorrow. I don't care. Uh, he's been awesome. He had a home run in his double-A debut Tuesday night. But uh, honestly, what I think is going to happen, one, the Pirates better pray that uh, the injuries to catchers kind of doesn't, you know, you know, they can't afford any more injuries, basically, right. to the catcher position. But I think for now, I think we're just going to see maybe 60% Perez, 40% Nap, And, you know, I don't. I don't mind that too much. I know that <laughs> last year, let me remind you of Perez's uh, slash line in 2021, 231 plate appearances, 
He hit 143, 221 on base, 290 slugging, minus 0.9 F4. He was pretty awful, but uh, there's really not that many buts. In 2019, I guess, he, I don't know. I'm picking at straws here, but uh, he's got some pop at least. He's got a little bit of home run power, so probably a week from now we'll be talking about it, how he's hitting 120 with those two home runs only, but I don't know. I guess we'll just see what happens, but I think those two are going to be the two main guys. Maybe Knapp. I don't know. I guess maybe Knapp will be the primary starter, but it's tough. They're both pretty bad. They're both backup catchers, so it's it's a tough decision, or maybe not. Maybe you just flip a coin every day and see. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how they're going to determine who's going to start behind the plate. Um but yeah, I would I would imagine Knapp gets a starting role. Perez backs him up unless they sign a new guy, which I don't think they would at this point in the season. So unfortunately, that's who we're rolling with at the one and two spots. It is it is so sad to see Roberto Perez go on a sixty day IL just because, like you said, he was finally coming around to hitting, and this is the second time this year he came, he was finally coming around on offense, and then he goes he gets shelved with an injury. Um, and his defense yeah. his defense looks great. Um, he's a clubhouse leader. I mean, the guy's got great charisma and now you take him out of the equation. It's just, it's, it's going to be felt among the clubhouse, but I mean, it's, you know, every, you got to play every day. You can't, you can't worry about things like that. You got to go with what you have now and hopefully Perez gets uh, better sooner rather than later. And we see him back before season's end. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be tough to replace him, but like you said, we'll see what they can do. Looking at some of these other um, transactions, Jake Marisnik, as I kind of noted earlier, is on the 10-day injured list with the thumb thing, ligament strain, something like that. Uh, he actually is going to have surgery. I think it was UCL-related, which that's tough, but I, I think they're going to repair it. It doesn't need like completely restructured, I believe, is what I read, so – he could be out maybe a few weeks to maybe like a month, a little over a month instead of multiple months. So that's solid. That sucks for him because he has, I mean, he's provided at least four or five highlight real catches in the outfield, including the catch that put him on the injured list. That might've been his best catch yet, but um doesn't really hit much, but defensively he is solid out there. He's on the 10 day IL. And called up for him was uh, Max Kranich, who actually pitched pretty well today uh, in the Wednesday Dodgers game. Maybe maybe he gets some more innings. Maybe he's like another Will Crow swingman type of pitcher. But Resnick on the IL, and um, what do you think about that? That kind of sucks. Yeah, his defense was really coming around and starting to peak. Um, multiple diving catches, but um, it is going to be missed. I'm going to miss seeing him in center field. I thought he was a good signing when we picked him up. Uh, but like you said, fortunately, it's not a complete restructure. It's only a repair, um, decreasing his amount of time out. Uh, but still a detrimental blow. Hopefully we get some young blood up in the outfield here coming up here soon. And if anything, I see this more as an opportunity for more Jack Sawinski. Um, I, yeah. really, I really thought he'd be demoted um, here soon. But with Marisnik going on the shelf and – 
Sawinski excelling this series. I think we're going to see more of him, which is good. We really want to see that, especially the guys we acquired for some of the better players that we traded away over the past few years. I, It's an injury you hate to see happen, but now you see how many doors it opens for other guys. So uh, it's one of those things where you got to take it whichever way you want, but I see it's a bad thing for Mariznick. I'm going to miss seeing his speed and defense in the outfield, but I'm happy for Jack Sawinski who's going to get more opportunities out of this. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, we're definitely going to see more Sawinski because of that. And I mean, moving forward here, hopefully sawinski has been getting a majority of the playing time, but Gamble and left Reynolds and center Sawinski and right. That's not a terrible outfield. And then, um, you know, the infield is what it is with Chaves at first, Vogelbach at the DH, Hayes at third, and then the middle infield, throw darts, see what sticks. I guess middle infield related, they said it on the broadcast. Um, Kevin Newman will be starting his rehab assignment pretty soon here. So hopefully in the next 10 days or so, we see Kevin Newman back um, going back to our little rankings of middle infielders. I would probably put Kevin Newman at the top, not Chavis included. I'd still have Chavis ahead of Newman, but I'd probably go Newman Castillo, Van Meter, Cole Tucker, to be honest, and getting Newman back to play every day at shortstop. I can't believe I'm saying this, but kind of looking forward to it. And then maybe you get more Diego Castillo at second or Van Meter, who knows? Probably more Castillo, but uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. Just less cool Tucker. Yeah, anyway, you'll take it. And even if it means we can, we get uh, Kevin Newman back. I low key <laughs> forgot that Kevin Newman was part of the roster. I honestly did. Um, as far as ranking him, I don't know. I I would actually put Castillo ahead of Newman, but that's probably because I haven't seen Newman play in a while. So obvious bias right there. Oh, recency bias. That's what I'm looking for. But. Um, yeah, it'll be definitely better once we have him in the lineup instead of Cole Tucker, him on the team instead of Cole Tucker, and give Castillo a little bit more reps a second. I think that's going to be a lethal – not a lethal, but an underrated middle infield combination once Newman's back, Castillo's at second, and you know him and Chavis might flip-flop there. It's going to it's gonna look way better than it does now. Yeah, I agree. And uh, one last transition, tra- transition, transaction that ha- happened today – as you noted, Bo Salser was sent down. He he was okay. I think this is more of a he pitched yesterday and we need a fresh arm up today type of move. So Cam Aldred was called up. We'll see how long that lasts. Aldred is left-handed and has been pretty solid in the minor leagues. He doesn't really have eye-popping stuff per se, but he's been pretty solid. So uh, we'll see if he gets any opportunities here. Do you have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, he's being rewarded for good work down in AAA, and I agree with you. I think this is just because Salser pitched yesterday and they needed a fresh arm in that bullpen, although they didn't use him today, which kind of They didn't need him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they really didn't need him, but he's also looked pretty good over the past few years. 2021 overall, 218 ERA, a perfect 4-0 record. This year, 1-1, 153 ERA, and that's well over, I think, 90 innings on the mound between those two years. So, you know, this is just a good opportunity to see what he's got. Opponents have hit under 200 in the past two years against him. So I there's nothing but optimism for him for here or for Aldred. Excuse me. Um, I, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. I've been looking forward to him. He's been on my radar all season long, and I think I've mentioned him on a few episodes just to look out for him. So I'm happy that he's got he's got this promotion. Um, hopefully he impresses at the MLB level and we see him. Uh, for the long run here in the season. I'm excited. Like you said, not much 
uh, not much zip behind his stuff, but he gets the job done and has been in the minors. So, I mean, it's one of those low risk, high reward kind of moves, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, before we talk a little minors here, I do want to look ahead at the schedule. The Pirates uh, continue their homestand with four games against the Cincinnati Reds starting Thursday night. We have JT Brubaker against Connor Overton, which I believe that's a rematch of uh, last weekend. I'm not sure. Then we get Mitch Keller against Tyler Molly, Zach Thompson against Luis Castillo, who will be making his second start of the season. That'll be tough for the Pirates. And then we get Jose Quintana against the Phenom, Hunter Green, who throws a million miles an hour, but he's been he's been kind of shaky this season. He's already given up holy. He's given up 11 home runs in 26 innings pitch. That is insane to me. He's on pace. Oh my God. He's on pace to give up 59 home runs this season. That is absolutely incredible. Maybe the pirates will help slow that down a little bit, but um, yeah, those are the matchups. How, how are we looking against Cincinnati this weekend? I think it's a lot better than last weekend. I think we kind of played down to the reds thinking, you know, they got such a terrible record. There's no way we can foil this. Um, but then we sort of played down and sucked. Now we know exactly what they can bring, even though they aren't looking great on paper. I think it's going to look a lot better. We're in our home setting. You know, I think that helps a lot. JT Brubaker has looked better in recent starts. I'll say that he has looked a lot better. Possibly he's, he's done this thing where he goes a few good innings, then has like this one bad inning, whether it's terrible or slightly bad. And that's going to plague him going forward. But against the reds, I think it'll be a good, uh, tune up start for him. Um, Hunter green. Yeah. Remember when he was the hottest thing since sliced bread and now nobody wants to see him anymore. <laughs> I love that. Um, hopefully we don't slow down his home run rate. That would be really nice. That would be nice. Um, I think it'd be even funnier if Josh Van Meter and Andrew Knapp go back to back against him. Um, <laughs> um, Luis Castillo, he's coming off injury. If I'm not believe, if I'm not mistaken. So he's yeah, going to be his second start. Yeah, so he's going to have a little bit of rust. He did in his first start, and people are starting to doubt him. They're going to think that the Reds are going to trade him or something like that. I don't know. But um, I think we're going to, it's going to be a lot closer in that game as opposed to the one where we face Hunter Green. But ultimately, I'm feeling more confident about this series. I think we're going to look a lot better, and I think we're going to win this series. I'm not going to say the dreaded S word because every time I do, we always drop one. So um, three out of four? Yes, I'll say three out of four to play it safe. I would be extremely happy with three out of four. And honestly, I hate to say it. I'd probably still be decently happy if they, if they uh, split two, two out of two. Um, I will say the reds. So they were three and 22, as we all know, before they played the pirates and they're now seven and 24. So they've won four out of, out of their last six. We knew this would happen. Um, I kind of tweeted this too. Last weekend, when everyone was frustrated with the Pirates, how pathetic they are, how could they lose two out of three against a three a game or a team that's three and twenty-two? That's how baseball works. Uh, no team is three and twenty-two bad at all. Like that's, it's almost impossible that they started that bad. So they were well, well, well overdue for some wins. And honestly, I was kind of happy that the Pirates didn't lose all of the games against the Reds last weekend, just for how overdue the Reds were. 
But uh, this series, you know, the Reds are feeling a little little good about themselves. They're feeling nice. They've won some games. Hopefully the Pirates can put a stop to that. And like you said, three out of four would just be – that would be solid. And uh, looking at the series after that, they will be at the Cubs. So some winnable games here for the Pirates coming up here. Um, sound the alarm. But the Pirates, they, they have a chance. After the – Cubs, they host the Cardinals and the Rockies. So once again, I don't know. Looking here at the Pirates' next 13 games or so, if they could win maybe seven or eight of those, the team will be in pretty nice shape uh, heading towards the end of May. But as of right now, the team is 13 and 17. Third place. Third place Pirates. Third place in the National League Central. Honestly, I'll say it, as a Pirates fan, expectations-wise, life is pretty good right now. Um, you know, I'm not expecting a playoff appearance. 13-17 and 17 feels pretty right. I agree. In fact, it actually feels a little bit better than right, and I will soak that in until they start going on a cold streak. Hopefully it's not anytime soon, but I will gladly take a third-place spot in the NL Central with a 13-17 and 17 record mid-May. This is not where I thought we would be by now, so I, I will gladly take it. And yeah, maybe the Pirates have the second-worst run differential in all of baseball, but once again, I will bury my head in the sand. I don't care about that. The Pirates are doing decently they're seven eight seven and eight at home six and nine on the road not too bad all right let's flip over here to the minor leagues a little bit um who who have you been watching recently minor league wise who's caught your attention connor scott's caught my attention down in double a altoona um just because uh proximity wise for me altoona is a lot closer to follow and um you know, I've been to more games than anything, but Connor Scott, his bat is electric. His defense is phenomenal. He, in the game against Somerset this morning, he made a beautiful diving catch, almost made a terrific catch to the wall, but um, some weird stuff happened and they reversed it or they, they, they granted it, but I don't know. They, it was some weird crap that happened today, but Connor Scott's been catching my attention. Uh, Leo for Piguero, I would be remiss if I didn't mention him two for four. Uh, 340 average right now, a 924 OPS. His defense looks solid again. Made some incredible catches at shortstop, and I only say that because there were so there were a lot of people saying that Piguero sucks, and I don't know where the hell they get their information from. Um, but you know, I, I'm a big fan of Leo Piguero. I like what he's bringing. I think he's doing the right things right now. I think we're going to see him in AAA sooner rather than later. Um. In terms of pitching, Kyle Nicholas still on the curve. And there are a lot of curve players. I'll say that right now. Uh, Kyle Nicholas, five innings pitched, ERA to 365. He's got, I think he's treaded what, 96, 97 on his four seamer, which is great. You never see that really in double A. Um, another one I think that's really caught my eye is Sung Che Cheng. I think that's his name in, uh, low A Bradenton. Okay. Uh, you know, the spring training hero came in and walked it off with a home run one time. But yeah, uh, but he's putting bat on ball, got some good speed. Um, he's I think he's a gap to gap guy. I don't think he's much like a Daniel Vogelbach and he's not much like a he Brian Hayes in terms of contact hitter. And he's a gap to gap guy. And I like that. Um, so for the most part, it's really a lot of players in Altoona. I could name a lot of people on AAA Indianapolis, but I think we've beat that drum so many times that. 
you know, uh, it, it, it would, it's almost, it almost, it's beating a dead horse at this point. And how can I forget Henry Davis coming down yep. <laughs> first game with the curve and he launches it over the party deck and left field at PNG field. It, this guy is, this guy is something else. Those who are uh, that, those are the guys who I'm keeping my eyes on right now. Um, for those listening, keep your eyes on Altoona. A lot of hopeful prospects there, and you won't be disappointed when you watch those games. All right, let me ask you this on the negative Nancy side. How worried are you about Nick Gonzalez? And I, I wouldn't say I'm terribly worried about him. He did have two hits today against Somerset. Um, he has been off to a slow start, but overall I don't think it's cause for concern. Um, you're not, not every great player that's projected to be great is going to start off on a hot, on a hot note every season. Right. I mean, he made the jump from high a where he's really excelled to double a where competition's tuned up just a little bit. So I think he's still trying to just shake that rust off and get acquainted with that sort of uh, competition. Mm -hmm. And I think once he's finally on a hot streak, he's finally going to show that true potential like he did last year. Um, obviously I think it sort of slows down his track to the show a little bit, but Overall, I'm not terribly worried about him. Now, if we're in June and he's still hitting like under 200, that would cause me some concern. But right now, I'm not terribly worried about him. I will say this. Uh, 40 strikeouts and 93 at-bats is, you know, that's a little eye-popping. But like you said, he's still adjusting and he is still new to the double-A level. I'll say this as well, though. On the flip side, he leads the team with 16 walks. So I think that is encouraging He's going to hit better. He's going to be fine. Um, definitely not on the level as Paguero has been, for sure. Paguero has looked like a straight-up star, uh, as you noted. Three home runs, ten doubles. He's he's really hitting the ball well. And he's also only 21 years old at the double-A level, so he's been awesome. I agree. Um, Matt Frazier, a little worried about. Not only is he striking out a ton, 32 strikeouts, that's second on the team to only Gonzalez, but he's not walking either, only three walks. After being so great last season, hitting 167, 200, 260, I'm a little bit worried about him, but season is still young. Um, yeah, I, I agree. The double-A team, though, man, I, I got to head out to Altoona quickly because – I don't know if I'm going to get get the chance to see a lineup with Henry Davis, Nick Gonzalez, Olivier Paguero it, until until it's Pittsburgh time. So uh, that that's a solid team down there in double A. And you mentioned the pitching a little bit. Um, you know, the, the main pitching that I'm excited about is Rowan's and Contreras. But you did mention Kyle Nicholas has been solved. Michael Burrows. Give him a shout out. He has been solid as well. Six starts, 135 ERA over 26 and two thirds innings. He's only given up four earned runs, 35 strikeouts to just seven walks. Have you gotten to see him pitch at all? Just over uh, their broadcasts, but it doesn't take away from the fact that he is just absolutely electric. Yeah. Yeah. He's been solid for sure. And uh, down down at high a uh i, I always mix this up because it used to be high a bradenton now it's high a greensboro for the grasshoppers 
Henry Davis, obviously called up. He was absolutely lighting it up down there. So the call up was well-deserved, but Andy Rodriguez looking pretty solid as well. Four home runs on the year. Um, Matt Gorski center fielder, eight home runs, 600 slugging. He's been solid down there. I always like to keep my eye on uh, Hudson head because he was kind of the main prospect piece. Um, you know, back in the Joe Musgrove deal, still getting on base, still striking out a ton. He's hitting 250, 365 on base with the 425 slugging. So he's actually been a little better um, this year than last year, I would say so far, but single a, anything jump out to you? Um, I mean, you kind of highlighted all my picks and again, mine is, Shang-Chi Chang, just because he's been a little bit electric. Uh, Jacob Gonzalez obviously getting that promotion to high A. Hopefully he gets fast-tracked a little bit more just because of his age. But Yeah, I, I, I want to talk about him. He's been nice. Yeah, he has. Um, but really, you, you hit the nail on all of them that I had. Yeah, Jacob Gonzalez at low A Bradenton, 393, 477, 652. Was that you that told me he's the son of Luis Gonzalez? Yep, he is. On a previous pod. Yep. Yeah, he he excites me. First baseman, maybe, just maybe, he is that first baseman that uh, we're waiting for. I will say he is pretty old for his level. He's already 23 years old. But who knows? If he could fast track, like you said, throughout the minor leagues, if he has anything like his dad's bat, perhaps he could be a guy. And uh, I've, 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 Noticed his play here early in the season. Um, and, yeah, you kind of mentioned AAA a little bit. I do want to say Castro Castro needs to be called up, Rodolfo Castro. Yeah, he's he getting is. on base. He's walking a lot, 20 walks on the year. That leads the team to just 31 strikeouts. Strikeout, strikes out a decent amount, but he walks a decent amount. You love to see that. Um, Mason Martin, we have to say he has he's cooled off a little bit. Uh, the average is down to 253, still slugging above 500. But the walks, they need to come. He's only walked eight times this year, 35 strikeouts. He needs to pick that up. Cruz, that kind of covered that earlier. He needs just he just needs to uh, pick it up. He needs to pick it up. Started off really slow, kind of picking it up a little bit. But uh, Cannon Smith and Jigba. Getting on base, you love to see it. Um, it's about it for me, minor league wise. I mean, you could talk about every single individual and probably come up with an argument as to why they should be in the major leagues right now. But <laughs> yeah. I do agree, Castro should be up. He is well overdue to be up. Um, Kanan Smith and Jigba, I think, will make the outfield for the Pirates in the later part of the season. Cruz will be called up once he starts getting more hot because right now, you know, that cold start to the season sort of uh, hindered him a little bit, but. I think we're going to see a lot of promotions coming probably mid June, if not a little yep. bit earlier. So, yeah, I agree. And I think that's a good place for us to wrap things up. Jake, where can we find you on Twitter? Find me at Twitter at underscore radio Jake. Awesome. Follow me, Nathan Hirsch, on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch, H U R S H. And of course, follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. We'll be back after the Red Series to discuss the Pirates' hopeful winning ways against Cincinnati. Uh, Jake, it's been a pleasure. Everyone listening, 
Thank you very much, and uh, have a great rest of your days.